This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and we are here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. You talking to me or to my replacement? <laughs> so, Caps fans, if you didn't know, we are turning a corner in production value. You know, we're we're really going up. Um, we have started filming these podcasts. So, <clears throat> since Polly does nothing but bring his talent, um, I have this all set up in the studio that we generally record at. And since I've been feeling quite lonely, um, I've had to create a replacement Polly Cupcakes made out of cardboard. And I have dressed him and given him a cupcake and some hand sanitizer and um, some toilet paper. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how my life's been. Um, today we've got a good episode for you. We're going to be talking about, uh, you know, some... Some league news. We're going to give you a, a little bit of a rundown on a previous player. Uh, we've done current the past two two episodes, and then we have an interview with Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores from the Sporty with Corey and Richie show. They rep the Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Zona, right? Zona, not Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So I fucked that up almost a couple times on, uh, on the interview. And, uh, during the pre-interview, Richie shredded me for it. So good stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so this is really fucking weird. I keep looking at the camera trying to make sure that everything's okay, but I mean, we're not moving, uh, Polly. So I guess I should just be looking at, at you. And I, I've, I've called, I think it's, we're going to call you your replacement here. Polly 2.0 beta because he's never going to be the same is, is the real thing, but yeah, you know, I'll, I think that's appropriate. Uh, you know, if you need something to focus on, just stare at the cupcake. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what, uh, and oh, okay. So we did, uh, we've been busy this week. Yesterday we were recording some stuff. Um, you were wasted, dude. Yeah, I was. I, I hope I didn't say anything too ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to figure it out because I was kind of I was kind of drunk too, as per tradition. But um, check it out Monday. The Offsides by a Mile uh, podcast. They rep the Colorado Avalanche. Polly and I um, were were graced by their company. They invited us on. Um, you know, they didn't tell us, Polly, and I'm a, I'm a little bitter about it. They didn't tell us of this, but we were their backup interview. Yeah, right. It was like right before we started filming, and then it was like, uh, right, uh, too late to back out yeah. now. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, not that I would have backed out. I'm not. I'm not a diva, but right. But you, it, know, you no know, no one puts caps chirps in a corner. Right. Exactly. That's that's all I'm trying to say. All I'm trying to say is that we deserve the respect of you know any other guest. Um. And yeah, I think they, uh, they actually sprung that on us while they, like, they hit record, they introed everything, and then they were like, oh, well, you know, our first, uh, our first guest bailed, so we kind of just brought these bums in, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Hell of a thing to say. Mm hmm. 
All right. Well, Polly, is it time to get this thing cracking or what? Yeah, let's start drinking. One, two, three. So yeah, now the the um the cats out of the bag people who are watching this um we don't actually crack a beer at that time that we do the one two three. <laughs> yeah, know? I guess that's something we didn't think about. That's a fucking trade secret. Gone. Hey. Fucking gone. Not not happy about that, but that's okay. Um <clears throat> um anyways. Uh, I, I'm I'm still kind of flustered about this whole camera thing. I need to just stop looking at it. I think, though, it's really hard because I have that hey, I got that like halo porn light, um, uh, influencer light, TikTok light, whatever you want to call it, stand now, and it, and it's bright. It's really bright. <laughs> yeah, that's the isn't that like the one thing they tell people not to do is like don't the acknowledge camera. the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know what, Polly? When you're back in the fucking studio, you can see how easy it is to ignore or not easy because it's really not. It's fucking hard. And I'm, I'm kind of self-conscious now. Well, if I am if I have you to look at, though, it won't be hard. Mm. I'll just focus on you. Thanks, babe. Um, yeah. By the way, <laughs> you you being 2.0 beta ha- are actually wearing a pair of jeans that I bought pre pandemic or during the pandemic, like during early stages of the pandemic, um, because a Macy's was closing near us and I haven't been able to even wear these, po- these pants yet. And I put them on you. I'm glad I could help break them in. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all you, bud. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can always wear them around the house, but who wears jeans around the house? Yeah. Fucking psychos. That's who. Yeah, like I work from home and most days I'm just in my underwear and t-shirt. Nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, um I hope you're holding up all right. Yeah, uh actually this weekend I got to at a at a safe social distance, I got to see some family on Saturday. My my brothers came over and we drank outside and then my sister, brother-in-law and the two boys, they stopped by in the evening and they brought us more booze. Nice. Um, and then today I went and saw my grandparents across the river. Um, okay. So I got to safely visit with people, and it was never more than five people together, or maybe six. But yeah, so uh, I, uh, you know, my wife goes to work every day. Right. I don't because I work from home. So yeah, it's starting. You know, four weeks I've been working from home, so it was nice to see some people. Uh, you doing all right? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I was born in, in into a situation where, you know, family, I mean, you know, you know, I have like a small family that I actually like can physically see and talk to, right? Other than social right. media shit. So, um, and that's just from like moving around a lot and being in a fucking military family. So... Really not a big deal for me. I don't, I can stay away from my parents for a long time. Um, but I am starting to miss them. So, you know, hopefully this shit blows over and, uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, this shit, it looks like it's going to, it's, it's, it, people are like, oh, it's, we're, we're on the downswing. I don't believe it. I'm not, I'm not into that yet. I don't think I can, uh, I can agree with that yet. So. Well, the and folks it, in in Wuhan is that how you say it? I guess um, Wuhan. Yeah, they were 
they were like quarantined for like two or three months. I think they were like pretty much just letting them out once we started being quarantined. So <laughs> this is fucked up. So I've been on unemployment for like since January, right? Yeah. And I don't know if I did I tell you about my, how the increase in my check? Yeah, you're probably getting paid more than me. I'm probably getting paid more than I've ever been getting paid in my whole fucking life. Uh, unemployment benefits, if you guys don't know, you get them every week. You have to call in or you have to do this online thing generally. Um, and you, it takes like 10 seconds. Uh, as long as you apply for two jobs during the week, um, at least that's how it is in my state, uh, they'll just give it to you. Now, I was getting like 375 bucks a week. Not terrible. I mean, that's enough to like get by. I'm not, that's nowhere near what I was making, right? Right. I checked my fucking deposit for last week. It's a G, a thousand dollars a week for one week. And I'm like, okay, something's fucking wrong. So I go on and I look at this in unemployment announcements. And if I'm not mistaken, that bump is going to continue for the next foreseeable future. Well, you know, it's good that people are going to not be stuck without money. I mean, True. Is, you know, it's tough for you to be upset about. Yeah, I mean, I almost, keyword almost, feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, come on. Can you blame me? I don't know. No, nah, I mean, it's basically free money. And, and yeah, and that's the thing. And then, so like I have a job, I have an interview on Wednesday, um, for like a legit job. And, and now I'm thinking like, man, do I really need a job? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want a job cause it's, it's not going to pay me as much <laughs> as, oh, I mean, I don't know. It might, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's how it starts. Right. I can see like how the like shit bag circle starts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Next thing you know, you'll be working at a zoo in Oklahoma for the Tiger King. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope not. I hope not. But but fuck, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, either that or with like a drug habit, you know. And with yeah. this fucking with this stipend, I could probably get hooked on some expensive drugs like coke, not like the the lesser meth and 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 heroin, right? Right. Yeah, you get the the high quality stuff. Right. Well, anyways, I, this is already off the fucking rails. Um, yeah. Caps fans, we hope you like this. I don't know. I've I've been told that I should film this fucking podcast before. Um, and for marketing purposes, if, I mean, and you know, promo shit and things like that. Uh, it's gonna be a great tool. Uh, you'll just have to like handle my ugly fat ass on camera and. Polly's beautiful, Polly Polly 2.0 betas, beautiful ass over there. Now, Cavs fans, you'll notice that Polly has no face. He has zero decoration. Um, he is a beta model. Um, so we'll drop the beta moniker once he's finalized. But if you have literally any suggestions about what the fucking put on Polly right now, please let us know. Um, I would be more than willing to to execute almost anything as far as um you know how Polly should look. I'm thinking at the very least, I'm gonna add a face tattoo, Polly. <laughs> oh, oh nice. <laughs> I, I was gonna say uh nose ring and a Fu Manchu. 
Um, how about, uh, what does it say on your fucking back? The fucking tattoo. Oh, yeah, Valar Margolis. Yes. So maybe I'll put that across your fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> be looking like Post Malone, Game of Thrones style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Caps fans, let us know. Um, we're just trying to have fun here. Uh, obviously, there has not been a lot um, going going down in the league, but we should uh, move on to to a little bit of league news here, huh, Polly? So, what do you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we might as well just start with the the sad stuff. Um, you want to start? You want to hit it off with that? Okay. Yeah, right. you know, because yeah. when when people ask you want the good news or the bad news, I'd rather have the bad news. You know, get it really. Away. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm um, I, I'm with you, and it, and it is pretty tragic and terrible news. So go ahead. Yeah, tragic is the the perfect word. Twenty five year old Colby Cave plays. He he was on the Oilers. Um, he was in a, a medically induced coma for a brain bleed, and uh, it was after having surgery to remove a, I think thing that colloid cyst. Yeah, I, I'm not. Sh- it it was, a, it was a cyst that was obviously putting. So like the thing with brain growths is that there's only a certain amount of room in your skull. So if if a if a growth starts to happen, it's going to put pressure on your brain, and you don't want that because you know the the brain is a quite a delicate organ, which is why it's surrounded by the hardest you know parts of your body, right? Right. Um, yeah, and and I guess he uh, he had he got surgery. Like he, they found it, he had surgery, and he died of complications of the surgery. Is that what yeah, you've been reading? I th- I think he was he was in the coma for about a day, and then he he passed away. Uh, I mean, and they they put him in the coma on purpose. So it was either right. they thought that would help heal better, or there were complications of the surgery. Either way, he went into the coma on purpose. And then once he was in the coma, things spiraled and he, he ended up passing away. Yeah, that, at 25 years old, man, what a fucking tragedy. He had a wife. Uh, pretty sure he had a kid. Is that right? Uh, I I don't know. I, I honestly didn't look too much into that. Um, yeah. He left but, some people behind and everybody yeah. from the Oilers. And um, what, he was drafted by the Bruins as well. Right or he, yeah. he played for the Bruins, play, played for the Oilers. He actually was an undrafted uh, player. So, well, within the next couple of weeks, we should be having the uh, the Oil Country podcast on. So, hopefully, you know, maybe they can shed a little bit more light on on the situation. But the bottom line is, this is tragic, and and you know, a guy who was a meat and potatoes guy, you know, chucked and knocks. Uh, you know, worked hard, had a had a goal with the Oilers this season before the pause, you know, played played the grinder minutes, um and just crazy you know, a non hockey related madness injury happened, right? Right. And you know, you would have thought uh you know, they they were probably thinking to themselves, Well at least this happened while the season's on hold. You know, they probably try to find a silver lining like when he first was in, uh, in the hospital. Right. And then that, that silver lining quickly turned into tragedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I don't know. I mean, anything that you're going to do with the brain is, is risky. Very. very so, yeah. 
I, and to remove assist, I, I guess, uh, I, I, he died, I think, because of, of like an excessive bl- hemorrhage. So it, it either didn't heal right or whatever. You know, I'm not going to speculate on what happened with that, but because I'm not a medical professional, but it, it, in any case, um, you know, rest in peace, Colby Cave, man. Brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Our, uh, our hearts go out to him and his family and the Oilers nation. And it's always tough when, you know, the hockey community is a special group of people. So it always hurts to see something like this happen. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but I haven't heard anything yet and I don't know if it's even matters, but I've heard that this isn't like a hockey thing. This is something that was outside of hockey, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, like it's not a, it's not an injury he sustained on the ice or anything like that. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be. It, 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 I think it just happened to be something that happens to people. You know, it just, it, he right. could have been an accountant. Yeah. And it's probably still would have happened. Shitty, man. That's, that's tough. That sucks really bad. But, um, you know, hopefully his, his family can, can uh, move on and, and, you know, uh, I'm sure that they're, they're in a lot of pain. So yeah, hopefully they find peace. Right. Well, on to something lighter, please. Fuck. Yeah. Um, well, so Connor McDavid trying to stay, uh, connected to the fans. He's posting home workouts, just like 15 minute circuit developed, uh, by him and Gary Roberts, who apparently is a really uh, um, well qualified and he has a really good reputation as a trainer around the league. He's a former yeah. player. Right, um, right. And I pulled the quote from NHL.com just because they misspelled Stanley Cup. What? They spelled it S T A N E L Y instead uh. of F E Y. And I was just. I saw that and I could not ignore that because out of all places in the world, the NHL, their website needs to know how to spell their trophy correctly. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you guys got a ton of time off right now. You you should be proofreading to the max, I would think. Yeah. I mean, it was like probably a 100 word little snippet, like not that hard to, (laughs) to proofread that. Yeah, it's basically a fucking tweet, NHL. Get get your right. shit together. Terrible. Terrible. Right. Um and then there's been news of we have another COVID case. Um the Avalanche have had their third test positive. So Brutal. um there's been three for the Avalanche and four for the Senators. And then the the announcer for the Bru- uh the Blues. So, so far, only three teams have had positive cases. Uh, the Avalanche, they're keeping their, uh, people very isolated and not contacting so that they can try to get this under control. But, uh, yeah, so there's been, I guess, about eight confirmed cases throughout the NHL, including players and staff. So that's not terrible because there's thousands of people who work in the NHL. Right, right, but still shitty, especially when it's players, right? Um, considering Absolutely. that's that's kind of the investment of the whole league. So, 
Brutal. Um, and again, you know, hopefully this stuff blows over, but hoping it for a quick recovery from those guys. I mean, Tom Hanks was just on Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, he seems to be recovering okay. So, you know, there is hope for these people. Um, and, and it's not a hundred percent, it's not a death sentence. So that's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk some caps. Yeah. Let's, uh, I know you have, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into the Washington wraparound. So wait, Polly, right before you get started, you know, I'm like doing what I do, pushing the buttons and stuff. And I'm just, now that the camera is on me and that I am now a, Video influencer. <laughs> I, Self-proclaimed. I, I just wonder if people are going to flame us for how, like, rinky-dink and uh, ridiculous our fucking, uh, the, the production is of our podcast. I mean, we sound good, you know, and I wonder if we should have quit while we were ahead. Well, you know, if people have something to say, it's like, bro, come on, we, neither <laughs> one of us have... <laughs> Any type of like education in yes, like (laughs) right. I mean, like the sacrifices that I've made from damage of my liver, just drinking and researching how to start a podcast. You know, Um, yeah, yeah. I'm using a Steam controller to push the buttons because my mouse is really fucking loud, and so is my keyboard. So whatever. Yeah, I think people. People just need to be grateful here that we're here sacrificing for the greater good. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, I know that you have somebody in store. So so tell us about what the Washington wraparound is going to be. Well, first, we're going to um, – Ovi shaved his face. Mm. He is one of the people who looks like a brand new human when he shaves <laughs> off his facial hair. <laughs> He yeah, I saw that. Definitely a, a different man. Um, so him, Sidney Crosby, and a bunch of other professionals um, are with CCM, and they're, they're going to donate 500,000 masks. Um, and so Obi shaving his face, I I think it, you know, he's they're trying to do some kind of correlation there because gotcha, the masks yeah. work better if you don't have facial hair. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so. That's cool. That's a, I didn't know they were going to donate masks, so that's that's awesome. Um, and I I don't know when it was, but I think that wasn't Ovi going to sit down with Wayne Gretzky. At some yeah, point? there's they're supposed to have something. I saw something on NHL.com, right. but um, I haven't really read about it. But we'll have to keep an eye out for it and then tweet about it for the listeners. Yeah, and like the thing is, is that I, I saw that and um, retweeted it. And then I was like, I, I've just been staying away from watching too much hockey stuff because it just makes me depressed. And I've been like working on the pod and, and things like that. So hopefully, uh, I, I think it's going to be a good thing. I mean, Gretzky's come out and said, uh, you know, he wants Ovi to break the record. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, if, if nothing else, it just makes for entertaining hockey. Right, right. Absolutely. So, so, so who we who are we covering today? We are talking about Washington's sweetheart, 
Jay Beagle. Hell yeah! Uh, so he's gonna have uh, he's gonna I'm have a wearing few different... the jersey right now. Beads. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, right. so we'll have that on video. Yeah. You wear that. Right. Um, if you guys remember, when we had Grant Van Lahr on, he knows Jay Beagle. He talked a little bit about him from the hometown, and he, he told his story about how he left Alaska, Anchorage, during, I believe it was his, he played two seasons in college. So right. it was at the end of the second season. And then, uh, so we'll get started with that. He, he played 67 games in two years, which left him with 30 points, 14 goals, and 16 apples. So he was almost uh, a point every two games. Not bad. Right. Um, that's in college. In college, yeah. Um, might be the WCHA. Might be the conference they're in. I'm not sure. Okay. They probably play with like Denver and Air Force. Right. Um, so... His first professional game was March 23rd, 2007, playing for the Idaho Steelheads against the Alaska Aces, which I thought was a little bit like poetic that he just came from a Alaskan university and in his first game was against the Alaska protein that doesn't exist anymore. But um, 2007 is when his professional career uh, began. And they won the Kelly Cup that year, and uh, he had, uh, you know, he contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to put down his point numbers, but I think it was like eight points in 10 games or something. Then the playoffs, he, he was definitely an important part of that team. Right. And, you know, Jay Beagle fought early on in the career. Yeah. Um, he, he was really and being in the ECHL. Jay Beagle was probably, it's like Paul Bissonette. Like at that level, Jay Beagle was probably dancing around guys. Yeah. Right. And, uh, not only that, I mean, he was also willing to, to drop him. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, again, not to spoil it. Uh, oh, well, never mind. I, I won't even say it. <laughs> so so okay. continue on. So, yeah, they won the Kelly Cup that year. Uh, I think that's that was pretty much the end of his triple or double A hockey. Uh, and okay. then he went to triple A next year, starting the AHL, which I know most hockey fans don't call it double and triple A like baseball, but that's technically what it is. Sure. Um, So he played 211 AHL games. He was with the Bears for a while. He had 95 points in that that time. So, again, almost a point every other game. Right. And just like in college, he was like half and half, 47 goals, 48 apples. So he's a very well-balanced forward. And that's stayed consistent throughout his career. Yep, absolutely. Contributed Um, all over the ice. Yes, he did. Uh, and he bounced around between the NHL and the AHL. So his first NHL game was actually in 2008, just almost not even a year after he started pro hockey. It was February 11th, 2008. Um, and he had his first goal in November. I, I think that first year he only played like five or six games. And then he had his first goal November 23rd, 2009 at Ottawa. So, you know, he didn't score regularly in the NHL, but it didn't take him long to start contributing. Right, and he had to fight for a position. I mean, obviously bouncing back and forth, being that fourth-line center role. Um, But all of these games are with the Caps, correct? Yes, he he didn't play for anyone until the Caps, uh, until he left and went to Vancouver. Gotcha. So his game, he was just bouncing between Hershey and... um, 
Washington. Okay. So, as we all know, spoiler alert, Jay Beagle is no longer with the Capitals. So, I dug up his last regular season point, which was a goal, as a Capital. It was March 24th, 2018, at Montreal. I feel like a lot of these things we've talked about happen at Ottawa and at Montreal. (laughs) Well, you know, the Caps are deadly good against Montreal, except for a one playoff fucking series that we won't talk about. Um, A long. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Ottawa has kind of been the punching bag of the league for the past few years. So makes sense. Right. Right. Um, his last playoff point as a capital came on June 2nd, 2018 game three of the Stanley cup in Washington. He had two apples. Uh, one was for koozie, (laughs) The autocorrect on here made it juicy <laughs> instead of J-U-Z-Y instead of K-U-Z-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a goal by DSP. Uh, so that was the first home win in Washington Stanley Cup history. because That's in the finals. And they got swept. Yes. Yeah, it was game three of the finals. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, the next two games he didn't get any points. But, yeah, June 2nd, 2018 was – the last time he ever got a point for the Washington Capitals. And on June 7th, 2018, Jay Beagle became the first player to be a Kelly Cup, Calder Cup, and Stanley Cup champion. I mean, that's that's a triple crown if I've ever heard of one. Yeah, that's some big dick energy, especially when no one in the league has ever done it before. No one in NHL history has ever done that. Um. Absolutely. And we asked Grant, like, yo, why did that happen? Like, what, what a, is I... You know, it could be a coincidence. It could be luck. If you ask Jay Beagle, I'm sure he's going to say, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's luck. But you got to look at this guy and, you know, either A, winning teams thinks that he's that piece that's going to put him over the edge or going to contribute, or he's just such a great team player that, you know, his teams have success. Um, right. He just brings victories with him. Right. He's like a, he's like a, a treasure troll. You rub his belly and, and you get a yeah. championship. <laughs> um, and so since he's such a uh, um, a well-rounded guy, I, I pulled a few other numbers. Uh, during the cup run in the playoffs, he had a 60.1 face-off win percentage, so well over winning half. Right. And he, he had one game-winning goal in the playoffs, and it was in the second period against Tampa on May 11th. So that's awesome. He he was clutch. He he was consistent. Yeah, I mean, sixty um, percent faceoff win, and he's consistently one of the better. Um, not this year, but but he's still above. I think fifty percent in Vancouver. But you know, if you're above fifty percent in, in the in the dot, you're fucking sick. But he was at you know for years and years the best faceoff man. Him and Nick Backstrom. So, uh, you know, you look at. The caps now, and ha- they could really use a guy who can win faceoffs, right? Um, they've been few and far between, uh, the, the faceoff dominance, at least, because Backstrom's kind of lost, lost a little bit in not saying he can't get it back, but just this season, the faceoff percentages weren't great for the caps. Yeah. Uh, Beagle was definitely missed. Um, when, when I think of the Capitals roster, I don't really think of like, 
many guys who are clutch in the dot. Right. Except Jay I mean, Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah, past, I mean, right. Yeah. So um, his first career point as a Canuck, I actually forgot to put the date down, but it was an apple on a Brandon Leipzig third period goal versus Calgary. Uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't too long into the next season in 2018 in the fall. Um, wait, 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 wait. So Leipzig plays for the Caps, though, Polly. Oh, what did I mess up there? Yeah. Okay. We'll forget the Canuck thing. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> Polly's I'll, drunk. I'll think, Polly, I'll, you're still I'll, drunk. You know, I... <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking on this. I I, I don't know. Uh, so my apologies on that. You know, we, we don't really care about the Canuck situation. All right. He's he's doing okay up there. He is. Um, he is. You know, it, he got paid. Um, we The Caps weren't going to do it. They couldn't do it. Uh, and, you know, I think he's making damn near $5 million a year or something. So the Canucks saw some, something in him. Um, you know, I know that right now Canucks fans are not pumped about Jay Beagle and the the term and the amount, the money that he's getting. But all I can say is <laughs> shut the fuck up Canucks fans. Like that sucks, but pay him the money he deserves. And that is the money that he deserves in my eyes. You know, he'd been taking the hometown discount in DC for years and years, basically the entire time he's been here. I think the most we, I don't think we ever paid him 2 million a year. So well, yeah. And it's, it's easy for them to have feelings like that because he's older now and they have guys like Pedersen and Boser. So they're right. like, they're seeing these young studs and Hughes, like they've got these young studs. So it's easy for them to be like, why are we spending all this money on Jay Beagle? But then, you know, they they don't appreciate what he what he has. Right. And the thing is, though, is that in what world were you thinking Jay Beagle was going to come in and be like a top line center? Right. No offense to Jay. I mean, the dude's a stud. He can play heavy minutes as a fourth line role, a shutdown role um, and, and a grinder role. Right. A, a four checking role, getting it into the offensive zone. Great pound um, to kill. Exactly. A PK guy, a specialist. So. Yeah, maybe it was an overpay, but at least you can rely on the guy. Yeah, I mean, it it kind of feels like um, after the third Blackhawks Cup, like a a couple years later when they weren't doing well, and it's like, oh, my God, these guys are making so much money and they're not producing, but it's like they earned that contract. Even if they're not living up to it now, their past production gave them the right to get paid like that, even if they're not – Like it's almost like they're – they're they're making up for how low they were paid in the past. So Jay Beagle was taking the the discount all these right. years, and now it's like it's making up for what he should have been making. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about paying for past performance and how it's a no no, and the Caps generally don't do that. I mean, they that's gave, why he's not here anymore. <laughs> right, exactly, and they gave Backstrom uh, a a team. A, Backstrom took a team friendly deal. Um, but you know, and they, they got a little on the member berries there and I'm sure they will again with Ovechkin, you know? Um, so we'll pay for press runs for the superstars. Just, you know, I, I, I understand where the Canucks fans are coming from, but at the same time, I don't care because I want JB to get fucking paid and, and you know, 
be successful there and, and, and get what he's finally do, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so his career points. Yeah. He's got let's, let's 500 or yeah, 583 games, 56 goals, 81 assists, 137 points. So his, his production has not stayed the same it was at the lower levels, but that's to be expected because it's right. the NHL. He's also playing sheltered. You know, he's playing fourth line minutes. Right. Whereas probably down in the other leagues, he was playing, you know, second line. Right. Um, you know, 215 penalty minutes. So, you know, he's he's contributing, and those probably aren't tripping and slashing penalties. Right, um, right. He was fighting and getting dirty minutes. In the playoffs, he's got 85 games and 19 points. So yeah. uh, I'd say he's he's had a he's had a very good career up to this point, and you know, he deserves all the good stuff he's got. And it sucks that he's not rocking the red, but like you said, I'm glad he's getting paid. Right, and you know what? That that's the big thing about Jay Beagle is that you know, and I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that the eye test or the sniff test or whatever in hockey is is more important or, you know, than analytics or whatever. But the way that Jay Beagle plays is it's always the same, right? It's it's a hundred percent effort and killer tenacity. He is like a beagle, like sniffing out some prey, man. I mean he right. he hounds the puck. Um and he's a great defensive specialist, a face off specialist and like I said, he can play special teams uh, on the PK. So yeah, you know, well, some stuff can't be quantified. You know, like right, uh, there isn't really a stat for the guy who picks up the trailing forward and takes away the pass on a two on one. You know, like right. there isn't there there aren't there's not a stat for everything. So sure. there are things that a guy like Jay Beagle will bring the intangibles as you would say. Right. Um, there, there are things that a guy like him would bring that can't necessarily be rationalized with a stat. And that's something that coaches and GM see. Sure. And that's why they pay the guys the way they do that don't always have the numbers to back it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well put there. Um, in any case, he's one of my favorite players to ever play on the Capitals. Um, you just love the heart and love how down to fucking earth the guy is. You know, he had a flip phone for like, like he just got a smartphone like a few years ago. That's insane. You know, like yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> I mean, just the the quirkiness of it. And if you ever see him on talk to the press, you know, he's just such a team guy, so down to earth. Uh, you know. That's a player that you could really get behind is, is a good dude and someone who can really, you can just relate to in the sense that he is a, I not, you know, I don't know him, but from everything that I've heard, and we've got good sources like Grand Man Lar that said, just a stand up fucking guy, real cool guy, down to earth, just one of the boys, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to hear people who are making millions of dollars are just normal like us and would sit down and have a beer and, could just talk to us like equals. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, um, I've got, I've got nothing else to say about Jay Beagle other than I fucking love the guy and wish him the best of luck, uh, in his time. It was heartbreaking to see him go after the cup, 
Um, and you know, I looked at that season, uh, the the night, you know, the the season after we won the cup, and and thought like, man, you know, this lineup could use Jay Beagle right now just to inject some like life into it. But the business sense of me said we had to let him go, right? Yeah, I mean, having Jay Beagle like in that Hurricane series last year probably would have been the edge to put the the Caps in the second round. You know, and that that's something that you you can I I believe uh you know, but who knows? I it's mean, all it's, yeah, it's all speculation. Right, right. So I you know, in any case, you know, here's to you, Jay. Hope you're doing well. Um, you know, Grant said he'd take us to a fucking Vancouver game next time they're yeah, in no. Pittsburgh. Next time I, they're in town, so yeah. Uh, I would love that. So hopefully it happens. Yeah, that would be fucking incredible. Um, love to meet him, dude. It would be so awesome to get him on this pod. Well, that's really like you know. Let's focus on meeting him first. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, even if we don't meet him, maybe, uh, maybe Grant can be like, "Yo, a couple Caps fans love you." Yeah, you come we'll see how that? we'll see how bored Jay gets. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. Holy shit! But again, dude, like I, so many times when the Caps were eating shit, and then the fourth line comes out, and you just see Beagle out there honing in on people, hitting them. Going after the puck as if they're up, you know, playing like it's the Stanley Cup final every fucking shift. You gotta love that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, so is that is that all you got about about Mister Beagle? Yeah, that's all the stats I dug up. I'm sure we could talk way more about him, but uh, you know, I, I do want to say it, it's nice that he's in Vancouver because he's closer to home at least. Right. So Calgary native. Yeah, his family probably gets to see him. Not only is he closer, but he plays more games in the West now. So he's going to have, like, his family will have more chances to see him. I mean, just, he's probably going to Calgary and Edmonton, what, uh, three times each? Yeah. Or something, so. Um, and, yeah, and that that was part of why he took that. He wanted to play in a Canadian market because he's a Canadian guy. Um and, you know, at that point, he had the opportunity. You know, he had the options. Yeah. Whereas previously in his career, he didn't. So, you know, um, but whatever. I mean, uh, good on him. Wish him the best. Love that dude. Yeah. We love you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, folks, strap in. We've got a great interview coming up here. With Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast. They rep the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, hadn't really interacted with them too much except on Twitter, but, uh, what a duo, huh, Polly? I mean, fucking awesome, oh, awesome time. Yeah. They're fun. It was a great conversation. It was, it was. They, were, they, they had a lot of fun with it. Um, we're coining the segment name now. This is called Hockey Ocalypse. So, uh, tune in here, uh, stay seated, uh, and check out our interview with Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast. We discuss the Arizona Coyotes and Hockeyocalypse. 
Hey, Caps fans. It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with Polly Cupcakes. Polly, say hi. What's up, everybody? <laughs> we are being joined by Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast. They are repping the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, good call by Richie there calling me out. I initially had them slated as the Phoenix Coyotes, which he told me hasn't been around for six years, six years. So that's a, a huge rookie mistake by me. But, uh, Corey and Richie, how are you guys doing? Doing good, making it by. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, I'm a little, um, little flustered by the fact that you got the team's name wrong off even before the recording started. Ouch. Yeah. Hey, you know what? At least I, at least I did it in the pre-recording interview and didn't do it li- our live recording on air. Right. Yeah. If you would have done that, it would have been five minutes of me giving you shit. Awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what? The troll getting trolled. I can understand that. You know, I can, it's I can like, take the it's abuse. Like, that's almost like, because it's been so long, it's basically like, like me referring to the Carolina hurricanes as the Hartford whalers. That's not how <laughs> things work. No, or the Winnipeg Jets as as the Atlanta Thrashers hasn't right. been that way in a while. So, <laughs> well, my apologies. Um, definitely, like okay. I said, a r- rookie you still seem like a nice guy. So, oh wow, well, oh, well, thank well, you. You have to give him. You have to give him a pass. He's he works in sports radio where he gets to rip on things all day, and there hasn't been sports for a while, so he's been grasping at straws. Like he was just watching WrestleMania. <laughs> like waiting for this so um i think he's slowly going crazy at this point so you gotta you gotta give him a little pass on ripping a little too hard right there <laughs> no no it's it's definitely welcome and um i can take it so so good on you there uh richie but um you know the the reason we wanted to bring you guys on is to get to know you guys a little bit and really um you know lead us into how and wait for it. I guess, I guess I'm going to get my punches in here. Um, how it, how the, the coyotes and is that the proper, is that the proper pronunciation there or of, of the name or is it coyotes? Coyotes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I, mean, I didn't know. People that call it the coyotes, but I mean, um, <laughs> that's kind of more of an accenty type thing. We don't really have an accent here. It's just very generic, I guess. So sure. coyotes. That's how okay. the Cowboys say it. <laughs> yeah, right. my the co-host, the co-host on, on the on my daily sports radio show that I'm on, um, he's from Texas and he likes to call them the Coyotes. <laughs> that just Good seems joke. like extra work. Yeah. Right. That's a that's a lot to just put into a name. At least the 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 saying of a name. Um now back to the back to the Yotes. So is it the Yotes then, or is it the Yotes? Yotes. Yotes. Okay. So you guys are like going back on, on the pronunciation a little bit. Well, that's what just, you, you just got to, that's the most simplest way to do it and just do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, that's it's, as good a reason as any. <laughs> West coast. Don't put the East coast pressure into this. Just. Okay. Yeah. Fair nice enough. <laughs> uh, funny story. I lived in Tucson for about seven years as a kid. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if that has any clout with you guys, but down we're, we're not big U of A people, which is all yeah. Tucson's really known for. So um, right. that's that's cool that you survived Tucson, though. Probably right, right, you. yeah, yeah. Some just just some moderate gang violence and and other 
you know, low rent crime, I guess. But, uh, you know, um, I, I liked it out there. Nice, nice and dry, dry heat, right? Is that, that's a big saying out your way? Yeah, that's the, the selling point is, oh, it's a dry heat, which I didn't understand until I went to Florida and I went, uh, I was really hot and I went on like a water ride at Disney World and, um, I was there. It was when the park was open for 24 hours. I was there until 3 a.m. and it wasn't dry. And then I was like, oh, now I understand why they call ours a dry heat. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So anyways, the, the, the coyotes. All right. Um, several years of not qualifying for the p- playoffs. Uh, the pinnacle of the organization as far as, um, you know, accomplishments in the playoffs has been a loss to the, to the Kings in, in the Western Conference Finals. How did, how was the Coyotes doing this season? And then before the pause, I mean, were you guys optimistic? Because at one time, correct me if I'm wrong, they were leading their vision. Yeah, at one point in time, they were. They were tops in the Pacific. I believe that was around, like, the Thanksgiving area, I believe, yeah. kind of the late November. Um, mm-hmm. And then once Darcy Kemper got hurt in early December, everything kind of seemingly went off the rails. And then post-Taylor Hall acquisition. But the important thing is, is that um, if the season stops now, um, the Coyotes wouldn't have beaten the St. Louis Blues twice the Washington Capitals twice. And those are two of the best teams in National Hockey League. So by default, if you beat team, really good teams like that, the Coyotes should be the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, right? That's that's 4-0 against the last two Stanley Cup champions. That means that the Coyotes in succession should win. Well, You know, if that, if that was the way it went, the Caps would have way more cups by now. That's true. That's true. You know, um, I, I love the effort there for that that i guess jump in in logic but uh unfortunately it's not the way it played out but how do you guys see i mean th- with this account well, i mean with the ground that you guys have made and some of the acquisitions you know phil kessel uh that's a big one right and you have rick rick Tockett now um behind the bench i mean are our hopes high i mean i don't know how how much lower and as an organization hopes could get but how are they, you know, they've got to be coming up here, right? Um, I mean, come on, bud. Have you seen the Coyotes years and years before? There is plenty <laughs> of steps lower that it can take. Um, <laughs> I don't think you know the depth of low that we can go to. And uh, this is actually, this is moderately decent for them, to be honest with you. Um, it's not a complete gong show quite yet. So that's, that's nice. I mean, off of all of those acquisitions, you have to, take them for what they are and the fact that it's great that those players even are here in the first place and it's not really a team that was ever considered to be a traditional hockey place in general no one ever thinks of Arizona when they think of hockey so having major players like that here just is a big deal in general because it brings fans it brings attention to the sport but um you would think mathematically and statistically by looking at it that this team would be doing better than they are and it's hard because we've been grasping at straws this entire time and trying to figure out what exactly is wrong with this team and why they didn't succeed in the way that we predicted them to and why they're so inconsistent and I thought it was kind of interesting that um, our GM John Chaika had just in an interview recently said that 
he felt that the coaching team was incomplete is how he liked to put it in the fact that he didn't really feel that it was like Rick Buckett's blame but he felt like his coaching staff was quote-unquote incomplete is the word he liked to use which makes me feel that there's something missing there and he realizes that and he might actually know what it is so um, there might be some changes that come off of that but I mean it's a lot of everything looked like it was supposed to be correct it just couldn't be completed so Right, right. And I mean, well, so coaching isn't, isn't the coaching being incomplete kind of on talk it though. I mean, I get the GM and is involved in that and whatnot, but it, it doesn't the head coach get to call who, who comes in or how did that go down when talk it came in? Cause he's only been there, what, a couple years now, right? Yeah. Rick talk. It's been a really good coach for this team. In my opinion, I, I really like what he brings to the organization and you know he's he's a player's coach first and foremost it seems like a lot of the guys get along with him pretty well outside of all of Reckman Larson probably um <laughs> which is a whole other conversation but um Rick Tuckett wasn't the, isn't the reason why the Coyotes were struggling there's some Coyotes fans out there that maybe put the blame on Rick Tuckett and because that's like and you guys know like in any sports the head coach is the head coach and he's usually the one that is the scapegoat or gets the blame. And a lot, or a lot of times it's a general manager too, but for the most part, for the first, you know, what 45, 50 games of the season, the Coyotes were rolling. They were looking like a playoff team and that sure. was the Rick, same Rick Tockett system. Right. So right. why wasn't he the worst coach ever when he, the Coyotes were doing well, in my opinion, it, it goes back to, to the players essentially. Like they just weren't, they weren't um, executing like they should um, in the back half of the season for whatever reason, for whatever reason that may be, um, you know, Clayton Keller at Phil Kessel, all Rachman Larson, Nick Schmaltz, you know, your top six players on the team just weren't playing like they should. And when that happens, as you guys know, if you aren't getting effort from your, your best players, you're probably going to lose most nights, unfortunately. Absolutely. I mean, um, as a Caps fan, I, I've definitely, uh, you know, and Polly, you can speak to this too, I'm sure. I mean, watching the underachievement that the Capitals have gone through, um, you know, call it snake bit and call it whatever, not being able to get past the second round for so many years, um, until they finally did and they broke through. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation because the Caps were a perennial playoff contender, cup contender, whatever. Um, but I mean, I mean, Polly, you get what I'm saying here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Caps pretty much put out the same product for eight years straight, and the coach kept being the scapegoat. And even Trotz was on the uh, he was on the chopping block if he didn't win the cup. So uh, it, it was pretty pre uh, pretty obvious that the fans and management were putting all the blame on the coaches, even though the players weren't getting it done. So even you know. I think they may have gotten rid of some coaches before they should have um, because, you know, when you're not getting your results, coach is the first to go. Right. And the NHL is, I mean, we've said this stat a hundred times, uh, the lowest um, tenure, the shortest tenure of all, of all major sports, the average tenure of an NHL coach is only two and a half years. So you don't have a lot of time. And I mean, are you going to jettison like a, like a player, like, um, 
Oliver Ekman Larson, or are you are you going to bring in somebody that you can't get a great return on, you know, uh, in a deal, or are you going to to uh, you know try to just do the easy cheap replacement, which is a coach, um, you know? But one thing I wanted to ask you, which and and it's uh, Chakia. How, how do you pronounce the GM's name for the Yotes? Oh, John, if you want, but it's Chaika. Okay. Chaika, Chaika. Yeah. Okay. So he was, he's a younger GM, right? And he, um, is really into this, the, the advanced analytics. That's what I was hearing when he first got hired. Now, I mean, do you think that he's doing a good job picking, picking players here? So here's the problem that I've always had in like growing up around hockey here in Arizona. Um, I think I always have a different like dynamic around it and the fact that um, what I've always been able to see from that aspect of it is how much the culture of the team affects how the team plays. And that's one of the problems I've always had with Trika. And believe me, he has made off the wall choices that I would never have thought to have made and I never agreed with and they have paid off. But the problem I always see is the fact that it does not help with the chemistry on the ice because of the fact that he bases players solely off of their, them as if they were on paper. And just like a team is like a, like a couple, just because like two people look really great on paper doesn't mean they'd be great together. Same thing as players on a team. And those are always going to be the little adjustments I think that have to be made. And I don't think, Chaika is always the best one to make them in the fact that he doesn't always um, attack that aspect. And that's the one thing that Rick Tockett does have a hold on, but you know, he, he doesn't choose the players for the team. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, chemistry is, is definitely hard to build. Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed about the, about the, the coyotes is that <clears throat> until Rick Tockett came in, they were, uh, really just like a team with, I couldn't tell what their identity was, right? They play in a division where, um, you know, banging bodies, getting pucks deep, playing that physical game, getting big guys in, um, is, is kind of, is, is good, right? That's kind of the, the style of the, of the Western conference. But, uh, then you look at the coyotes and, you know, I don't know if maybe I, I just don't get enough press around them, but I mean, what would you guys call the, the, the identity of the team? You know, I mean, cause I can say the caps are a heavy hitting team that can sprinkle in some, uh, they might not be the fastest, but they can sprinkle in a, a lot of finesse and skill. Um, but one thing that they're definitely known for is, is their physical presence. I mean, do you have that for, for the, for, for the DC fans here that, uh, maybe you could kind of just, if you were to identify something like that? I'd say it's, and it's something that Rick Tockett preached from the time he began his tenure as head coach. It's something he talked about at the beginning of the season, which is it's defense first, lockdown defensive. And then he wants his defensemen to essentially be able to move the puck up the ice quickly to get to the forwards and play that way. Oh, and yeah, you have an all-star caliber Vesna caliber goaltender and Darcy Kemper and net too. Um, and so, you know, and that's kind of been the, that was the biggest problem 
for the Coyotes when they were losing a lot of the season, when they had went on these some of these losing streaks, is that they had way too many breakdowns defensively, and um, and when that happens, and and, and your forwards are struggling at the same time, you're going to lose. So right. I mean, and going back to the the physicality part, and Corey, you'll agree with me on this too. It's something that we've talked about on our show a lot, which is the Coyotes are not a physical team. Anytime they go, they have played a physical team, Vegas Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets, um, the Dallas Stars. That's a tough matchup for them. Um, sure. They just don't have, they don't have the big bodies that can play that style um, on this team. They're much more of a, they're a team that's got a little bit more speed than anything else. And that's how the Coyotes beat you. Defense, speed, and goaltending. Gotcha. Just to chime in here really quickly, I kind of wanted to, to say that if I was to classify them as one thing, I would classify them as the future of the NHL. The way that they're based, and since we do have a young GM, they are based very much in skill and in their certain presence in that position on the team, as opposed to being the brute and the strength of old NHL. It's kind of, they are, I would say, what the NHL, the direction that the NHL is going. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I mean, is the, is the, um, not to spoil it, I guess, but I mean, it, are you optimistic about the future then? It sounds like you guys both are, but you're, you're so jaded, I guess, from, from, from limited success. Uh, you got to feel good though, right? About, about the coyotes moving forward. Our favorite saying is this is why we can't have nice things. Um, so (laughs) yes, in Arizona, we're extremely, extremely jaded. Um, Richie actually gets called out on Twitter about that all the time, but I mean, like you can't help the, in that situation because you've just been, uh, disappointed so many times. I'm like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, my boyfriend's always laughed at me and my dad because, um, uh, before the, we had the, before we had the Cardinals, um, we didn't have a team here. So my dad was a Vikings fan. As a Vikings fan, I've always uh, expected the worst. So when things go really terrible, he's like, "Why are you not disappointed?" And I'm like, "Because I knew it was going to happen anyways." It's kind of the mentality <laughs> you want to have here in Arizona. So um, we're always a little bit jaded, um, but we are. This is the first time that we've actually seen for a very long time. It's always been, "Oh, this team is a development team, and they're going to get better." Right. This is the first time that we've actually seen and develop into something so yeah we're pretty excited about the future because we actually see them going and progressing for once in you know the past five six years that's great no i mean um that makes a lot of sense uh yeah i mean after i mean it's almost it's been a decade right that that has been kind of a drought for you guys almost but uh um you know one thing i do want to get off my chest though is i am not a phil kessel fan uh do you, what do you guys think about him i i I lost Phil Kessel lost me when he was chopping wood um in Toronto against who was that was that John Scott Polly? Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. Let just give give me a second on this. First of all, <laughs> fuck kill, fuck Phil Kessel. Right. Uh, I I feel the same exact way. He lost I lost any and I I want to love him because he's a fat American that is one of the best in the world. Right. But he instead of taking his licks in that fight, he started swinging his stick at that guy's feet at John Scott's feet. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do in hockey is use your stick as a weapon. Absolutely. And, um, I appreciate Phil Kessel's skill, but fuck him. Well, <laughs> yes. we, here we love John Scott, so. Right. That kind of funny thing. 
<laughs> oh, so you're, you're kind of like uh, in a catch twenty two then. Well, he just that he was great when he was here, but like I'll I'll let you answer the question, Richie. Uh, I here's the Phil Kessel's fine. Like I know <laughs> he's. <laughs> He's been very, he has underperformed like crazy this year. Right. Um, don't know why. And the team, the team all year has kind of, you know, kind of hit him, like hit him under the rug a little bit. And the reason why I say that is earlier on the season when he was struggling, it was, oh, well, he's been hurt. He's been dealing with a growing issue um, most of the, for the first couple of weeks of the season. So it took him a while to get going. And then as the season's progressed, it's, it's kind of been, um, oh, yeah, he's been, he hasn't been playing that bad. He's still getting his chances, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which to a point I can see, like he'll show up in, in, in games and, and look pretty decent. And then in others, he won't like, he has some stretches of three or four games where he actually plays pretty well. Right. But like, other than that, he's been, he's been a very, very big disappointment this year um, for the coyotes. And he's what? 31, 32 years old. Like he's, He's getting up there in age, so I don't know what they want to do with him moving forward. Because um, I don't know if he want like, he's got that no-move clause, obviously, so trying to trade him elsewhere would be a mess. Sure. You know, him and Pocket have a great relationship, and so Pocket's always going to protect them, seemingly. But, yeah, I mean, if I go back and do it again, it, it was probably, look, they didn't give up that much for him. Right, um, right. But and you guys he, had the cap to pay him. That was that was huge because that was that was always his his downfall is that with his inconsistencies, teams were kind of afraid to give him that money. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. Like he's overpaid too, and he's only got <laughs> I think he's got two more seasons after this. So the Cowboys have a big decision on their hands in terms of what to do with Phil Kessel if he continues to underperform. Because I don't even think he's got thirty points this year. Right. I don't have the I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. It's crazy. That he's not is. Really, he's not really a, a player for himself. He's a, more of a mentor and makes players better around him. And that's kind of more of his thing. You can't really take him anymore for just himself. Right. But I mean, um, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, he had a lot of criticism. I mean, Sullivan hated him because he spent more time at Rivers Casino than working out for the young guys. I mean, you just talked about how culture was you know something was off there in or i mean in uh, arizona sorry i almost did it again fuck <laughs> um but is is this the guy that you want for you know that quote unquote leadership locker room guy he could be part of the problem that that could be it is like no one wants to say oh phil castle's part of the problem but he could possibly be that and no one wants to put it out because in the end Sports is always a business, so you don't really want to be like, oh, Phil Kessel's part of the problem when you've got Phil the Thrill jerks to sell. Right. That's true. Exactly. I mean, ha- have you seen a lot of a lot of Kessel jerseys out there? Are the fans behind him? Um, I mean, they, they, they definitely are selling them in a lot of places. Like when I go and I look to see, um, you know, what jerseys are sitting out because I'm, I'm a weirdo, I do that. Yeah. And it's literally all uh, – Keller and Kessel everywhere I go, like in, you know, like Dick's and all those different places that just um, have everything. And, you know, they just have a small amount of jerseys. I'll always go and look to see which particular jerseys are selling, which is always like funny to me. Cause like Ekman Larson jerseys were the ones that you always saw out and it's now just Keller and Kessel. 
neither of them are doing very well. That's interesting. It's interesting. Um, <clears throat> now, I guess the last question I have regarding the, the, the coyotes, and then we'll take a break for our uh, sponsor ad here. But, um, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, or Arizona, you know, the coyotes, they have, they have fans. I, I didn't even know, you know, and that's a big rip on the organization. I mean, let people know. I mean, right now, how would you describe the fan base other than, you know, obviously a little jaded? I mean, you got passionate fans out there. It, it does speak volumes that you, that, that Arizona has kept a team, right? So, I mean, speak on that uh, a little fuck bit. Yeah, we have fans. All right. I will get about that. Ricky, do you <laughs> want to talk? <laughs> no, go ahead, Corey. Go. I already had my multiple rants during the show, so you go ahead. <laughs> Uh, that that is always I feel like that's the most uh, and I've been like that's so funny I was like talking about being nice for the longest time here that is always the most ignorant bullshit I ever hear coming out of people <laughs> that we don't have fans when Glendale wanted to get rid of the Coyotes from being in that arena guess what there was people sitting in all of those fucking meetings standing there talking about how they want the Coyotes to be there wearing their jerseys I still remember thinking to myself oh my gosh, we might actually lose our team. And then I watch those meetings and I watch the speeches that people are giving. Like there is such a passionate hockey base here that it started out so um, underground in the fact that like everyone knew everyone that was around in it. Um, right. I mean, I didn't hang out with a lot of, a ton of people from my high school, but all of my friends who were in hockey, it was basically like being in its own um, in its, its own high school by doing that. And so that was kind of the crazy thing is it was so like, behind the scenes, but it was so deep. And then as it's grown so much over the past five years, I think people have been able to see how passionate and how strong the fan base is. I mean, there are people who will do everything for this team and do everything to keep this team here. So I think when it said that like it just it's very ignorant and I think it's because no one ever thinks about it being here but it has grown into one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen because of the fact that it came from such humble beginnings to being to the point where we have great women's hockey that's starting here and it's, it's almost more accepting than some of the places that have those strong roots because of the fact that um you know, Arizona didn't particularly start with the ignorance of this is old hockey and how it has to be. It's been able to start as the way it is now and become something that's so beautiful and so progressive in the NHL that I think it's genuinely is what the future is going to look like of hockey in general. That's awesome. I mean, um, you know, and that, I def that definitely educates me because, you know, I was thinking shit. I mean, I've never really met um, a Coyotes fan. Uh, I've seen people who've moved out there and said that it's a huge scene. Um, but what you're describing really is kind of a the hockey. It just any. It sounds like any other hockey town anywhere, right? It's like a small, close knit community of diehard fans. That's the core, and then their enthusiasm spreads to everyone else, and that's how you that's how you build a team, right? That's how you build a, a following. Um, something interesting, you know, Polly. Paulie and I both uh, have played hockey for like, you know, the majority of our lives. 
Um, what kind of, uh, just real quick, like, is there, is there a big grassroots following there? Like, uh, youth programs, adult league, beer league, stuff like that. Other rinks popping up for people to go play recreationally. Yes. Yeah. So obviously we can't like go outside to do anything. Other than there's, there's roller. Um, right. people played roller here for a while. A lot of teams started out as like roller teams and then turned into stuff out of that. Um, but yeah, there's different. There are multiple ranks. How many are there now? One, two, three, four. Um, there's at least four main ranks that hold um, teams in them. And there's, um, they all have youth teams. I mean, now it's getting to a, a really cool point where a lot of um, ex-NHLers are deciding they want to live here and are um, right. running some of these teams. Um, I mean, Doan has a big hand in his, in his son's team. So um and then you have um, ju- multiple junior teams. There's obviously uh, ASU and NCAA, but um, yeah, no, there is basically a. There used to be only oh, when I said four, never mind. There's five because you have to. I don't know. Why I counted out Oceanside. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> I, when I can, it's uh, ASU's uh, rank. That's not always a rank. It's the coldest place on earth, and you don't ever want to be in there. <laughs> but um, that was kind of where, like, so my boyfriend, uh, he was born in 94, and his brother is nine years older than him, and they used to go all the way down to Tempe, to, which is a nice 45, 50-minute uh, drive to go and play hockey. So right. it started out being kind of uh, more, you had to travel for it. Now there's rinks all around every part of town, and you can basically join a youth team from there. The only thing that's kind of short is we only have one AAA team, um, that's Ka. Um, but outside of that, it's it's you can do all of that through youth, and they just started a women's one, so um, called the Kachinas. So that's really cool too. <laughs> Kachina, what's that? Dirty girl? Is that what that means? Kachina. Kachina is uh, is the jersey that we have. That's the throwback jersey. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. Sorry, I, I, just a couple, a couple of my friends, uh, Mexican, uh, of descent. They, that's like a, a funny, um, anyways, whatever. Sorry. Um, <laughs> another level that I never knew about this. Really? Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a direct translation. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No um, <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thanks a lot for, for telling us about a little bit about, uh, um, the, the team and how, and how it's going. Let's take a, a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then uh, we'll come back and, and talk a little bit about uh, some current events, I guess, in the world. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, Caps fans. Wanted to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Manscaped. They're redefining the gentleman. The Lawnmower 3.0 is their newest groomer, and it is specifically designed to shave the more sensitive areas on your body. If you use code THPN on manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping on all sorts of their products, including the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof, it's wireless, it's got a light on it. Uh, for 
obvious reasons. Um, you know, I'm sure visibility is low in some of these cases. So definitely check them out. Use code THPN at manscaped.com and enjoy 20% off plus free shipping. Thank us later. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. All right, we're back with Corey and Richie from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast. They're repping the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, Guys, I really kind of, you know, with everything going on, as far as uh, the possible, I mean, apocalypse being, um, being, I guess, happening right now. Um, I'd really just kind of like to know a little bit about your, um, what you guys would do during this situation. Um, it's kind of a little mini series that I haven't really decided to put a name on yet. I mean, it could, should it be called like the hockey ocalypse or hockey in the end times? I'm not really sure. I like hockey ocalypse. I can't say it though. <laughs> Hockey ocalypse. Yeah. Hockey ocalypse. I, I I was gonna say um, maybe if we do that with um, with ours, Richie, uh, you can say it because I'm not saying it again. <laughs> um. All right. So, you know, how long have you guys both lived in in the area in Arizona or in in I guess the Glendale Phoenix area? Well, R- Richie beats me in that because he's he's lived longer than I have, but um, <laughs> we've lived here both our entire lives. So, gotcha. All right. Well, this is perfect. It's perfect. Uh, perfect for this for the subject matter. Um, you know, as far as the end of the world goes, I mean, give us a brief rundown of what what does the city look like? You know, Glendale, Phoenix area. What does that look like once civilization starts to collapse? I mean, you see a lot of people rioting and looting, or are people just kind of getting to get out um, and and lay low in the desert? <laughs> we, uh, our governor didn't close the um, like hair salons and tattoo parlors <laughs> and places like that literally until like today oh, as geez. we were recording this on uh, Saturday, April 4th, um, the governor finally mandated that hair salons close. So, <laughs> that should tell you that Arizonans could literally give two shits about a pandemic. They're out getting their hair done did. Like I need a haircut really, really bad right now. And right. uh I am not going anywhere. Yeah. That's but that's some... good. That's good. You shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think heat is going to kill the virus, as some people say. So yeah, I mean, all good stuff. Uh Corey, what do you think? Is is it is that sound pretty on point? Um, I yeah, I mean that's a if that was stupid. I mean, I <laughs> I guess to some people though, it means a lot. I mean, luckily, um, I'm a natural blonde, so my highlights aren't going to be that much of a drastic difference from. But those of you that have like the girls out there that have bleach blonde hair and they're really dark roots there everyone's going to see what they really look like um <laughs> which may scare them so maybe that's why it took him a very long time to shut everything down i don't get it but um yeah no that that part was stupid i think if it comes down to it 
and it was like a big apocalypse situation. Um, our streets would be terrible. I would not want to drive because everything's under construction right now. So I would avoid the freeways at all costs. Oh boy. And um, people do decently like their guns. So um, sure. I would probably try and go somewhere that is like outside of everything. So that way, um, but I have always said to myself that if the apocalypse came especially if it was a zombie apocalypse, that I had two places that I would always go and I've told everyone this. So I, I really hope that everyone doesn't go there. <laughs> but, all right. Yeah. So that leads me to the next question. I mean, where, where are those places? Okay. Well, one is lucky for Richie because he has one right by his house, but one of them is Cabela's because um, they have a lot of weapons. They have an entire restaurant in there. So um, you can have a bunch of food. Um, They also have like large, like it's all camping stuff and all that type of stuff in there. So there's like stuff that you can use to camp and fish and all that type of stuff. And then um, if worse comes to worse, they have um, big safes in there. So you can lock all of your special things up too. And when you're in case anyone comes into loot. And the other place is Costco because Costco is everything and it has it in bulk. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. You might have to fight some people off to, to post up in there, but Hey, you know what? I've, I have some confidence in you. You seem like you got some fight in you. So, uh, that's, that's amazing. Um, Richie, where are you going, man? Oh man. Um, can I just like stay in my bed? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an acceptable answer for for this very like going anywhere. Like, (laughs) or just hang out in my pajamas and look just chill and just just wait it out man and just yeah and then if my time comes my time comes <laughs> i might as well be comfortable you know at the end at the end times you know hey fair enough man so you're more of like go with the flow let fate be what fate be yeah yeah Corey will tell you that would you you would agree with that right Corey? i'm more of a i'm just whatever comes my way it no, what he is is he's a. I gotta pick his ass up and bring him with me, or the motherfucker's going to die. Like that is <laughs> that is what Richie's at at this point. You pull up. You're like in a hurry. You're like Richie, get in the fucking car. He like comes out in his boxers. He's like, why? <laughs> he's got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was funny. I like the what was it? A few weeks ago, I guess it was when we recorded. Um, one of the podcasts, I, I came over to his apartment and um, I brought it, I brought a roll of toilet paper to his roommate and I was like, gold, I give you a bar of gold. And uh, that was like my little present to them. And Richie laughed and he's like, you actually brought us toilet paper. I'm like, Richie, you'll need that eventually. And then it was, it became necessary. So, you know, I'm always prepping for him. He's like my child. Right. You're like, like mama bear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, other than toilet paper and beer, you guys get to take one item. That is a two prong question. But the first prong here is you get one item to take with you in, in your apocalypse adventure for survival. What, what are you each taking? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can I just like, Oh, I know. Yeah. A bottle of whiskey. <laughs> okay. All right. So yeah. a beer, toilet paper, and a bottle of whiskey for Richie. All right. I like your style. I like your style. You know, 
you could you could use that to start fire, you know? You could get drunk on it. It'd be a terrible waste to use it to start fire for survival though, right? No, like I drink I drink the good shit too, man. I don't drink that none of that like garbage cheap shit. I <laughs> I always go really expensive with my whiskey. So, you bet your ass I'm going to savor every single sip. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So that's that's for personal use only. Um, now, Corey, Corey, what are you gonna bring for survival? <laughs> um, I I don't know why my my parents uh, are very into that show, Naked and Afraid. So that's where my mind went first was where what what are all the things that they bring um, on that show? And, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm thinking they always say a machete on the show, but like I'm thinking just like a knife of any kind because. I mean, you can use it to defend yourself. You can use it to cut things apart if you need to build a shelter. It's yeah. very useful. Absolutely. So. Okay. So a knife for Corey, which seems entirely realistic and, and good planning, and a bottle of whiskey for Richie. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Now let me ask, Corey, are you just bringing Richie along to use him as bait later? Like, you know... There's a hungry mob of cannibals, like, or zombies, you know, chasing you. Maybe Richie gets a knife to the gut and you run away just to ensure your safety. No, there's a reason why I wouldn't take his roommate cat with me because she, she runs long distances. Um, oh. <laughs> and they always say that you are to tr- survive and gut outrun a bear that you have to be the faster one. So, um, I, that's why. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so so you're 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 down to you know. <laughs> totally messing with you, Richie. I would never <laughs> sacrifice you. You know that I'm way too smart for that. There's no way they would find us in the first place. <laughs> but I'm a pacifist, man. Like I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> hey, fair enough. You know what? And I respect I respect that stance. Um, actually, that's like one of the I've done a couple of these interviews now, and that's that's one of the uh, I've, I've we haven't had a pacifist here yet. So, um. Moving on, you get one item of hockey, you know, something that reminds you of the game, um, you know, some sort of memorabilia or whatever to reminisce upon, uh, you know, to save for future generations once you make it through the apocalypse. What are you guys taking? Richie, what, do you have anything in mind? Yeah. Um, it's a, per, a very personal memento, but I, I will still count. So, um there was a short time there where I was a, a beer league player back in the day for a couple couple years, okay. um, and I was really shitty. Like, <laughs> holy fuck, was I terrible? Uh, as Corey will tell you, I was not good. So you're um, like, fun. The one thing that I have to tell you about it is that he wore it to his graduation. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I did. I actually wore my my beer league hockey jersey washed washed mind you underneath my gown at, at my uh asu graduation attaboy so nice yeah because i was because it was weird because my graduation <laughs> was on the same night my team was playing and so i was like well shit this sucks so <laughs> right. i went to my graduation repping my team but the one piece of memorabilia i would bring is i um uh like i said i was not a good hockey player whatsoever but the one time I actually did something good was uh, we went to a shootout uh, one time and I was the last player on my team to go. Okay. And uh, it was like nobody, nope, like everybody was like, oh, Richie's not going to score. He's terrible. <laughs> but I was like, all right, well, I'm the 12th guy to go here. Nobody else is scoring. Everybody's shooting 
at the pads of the goaltender. I'm like, you fucks. All you got to do is just put the puck up and you'll score. And so that's all I told myself the entire time. And I put the puck top shelf, won the game. I still have the puck with me. And uh, so that's probably what I would, I would take, I would take with me. It's like, Oh, look, I was, I actually scored a game winner. (laughs) And, and, you know, top shelf where, where mama hides the cookies too, nonetheless. So, Hey, that's a, that's a perfect memento. Uh, and the best part is it's very portable. You can just throw it in your pocket. Corey, exactly. <laughs> Corey, what are you, what are you taking? I'm sitting here like looking at all of my hockey stuff, thinking, Jesus Christ, I have <laughs> too much shit. But um, gotta choose uh, one. I'm either going to say between either my Doan shirt that has a signature on it from each player of the team his last season. Or um, my Keith Yandel jersey because um, I love Keith Yandel. <laughs> all right, all right. That don't shirt sounds awesome. All the players signed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they did on the last um, the last year um, that he was on the team, and they were like selling them and stuff like that afterwards. So yeah, it's got each player signed it. Like you can't tell who most of the players are because their uh, signatures are goddamn awful. But um, <laughs> when you can read their um, numbers, you at least know who it is. That's cool. Good stuff. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Those are both really good picks actually guys. So, so props for that. Um, <clears throat> now a little bit about, about your area, you know, you say, say you have like the foresight to see, okay, look, apocalypse is coming. I have one chance to get out of the house right now and go do something for myself, you know, not like to prep, but, uh, you know, what are you going to go do? Like, is it a food you're going to eat? Is it something you're going to go just take like the scenery in? where are you guys going for like one last time, um, in that area and in like that Phoenix, uh, Glendale area to, uh, to to just do you have to do it one last time before it gets wiped off the face of the earth can i just have like a really nice juicy in and out burger yeah yeah sure we don't have in and out on the east coast so um you know if if that's your thing (laughs) (laughs) i i have heard they're overrated though is that true bullshit oh bullshit (laughs) no listen complete bullshit (laughs) What? Who have you been talking to? I, I just, I just have heard. Terrible taste. <laughs> All right. So, my, so, okay. My cousin was late to a, a pre-wedding party when he came <laughs> in from Washington. He had to drive from Phoenix up to Flagstaff. He was late, and his parents came all the way from Germany just to go to this wedding because <laughs> he had to get an in burger before he came up. <laughs> <laughs> wow that i mean that that's a strong testimonial there um how richie how would you get like what's your order then if you're going to get it just an in and out burger you know let let all the poor uh schmucks on the east coast know like what's the good order uh you go you go double double all right okay cheese. double uh, double with cheese go okay. animal style fr- animal style french fries okay Double double with cheese. Which animals? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, animal and then animal style French fries. And animal style is basically like it's like melted cheese with like the In and Out special sauce, and then like, um, like is it? It's like meat too, right, Corey? On in animal style. 
Uh, no, it's just their like uh, their sauce, their special sauce that they have. Um, that's over the top. What you see in it is like the little like bits of like pickle. I think is what that is. Whoa, Polly, you hungry? That's so delicious. Polly, you hearing this? Yeah, that that that's getting snack time started over here. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting uh, Polly that, worked that's up. That's pretty I think. good. That, that, uh, I, I'm gonna fly out. I gotta fly out west. Yeah, I'm gonna fly out west just to try some of this. <laughs> I hear flights are cheap. Yeah. What's that? You got the chocolate shake. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So a double double with cheese, fries, animal style with a cho- large chocolate shake. So good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I mean, if you're if you're if, if it's not like the end of the world and you're on like a diet, they also have it protein style where it's wrapped in. Um, a piece of lettuce. Wow. Wow. If you want to be healthy. That's very West, West, West coast. That's, that's neat. Cool. Yeah. I know Polly likes that. He's, he's about that, that Cato and like paleo, right? Polly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes when you, when you want to get, get, get your weight down, got to get back to basics. Prehistoric man. <laughs> All right. So, um, Corey, what's yours, man? What do you what what are you uh, what are you gonna do? So I was trying to think of something that was like special to Arizona that like I wouldn't um, get like anywhere else. Like so, say if you know any of the other states survived. And so um, uh, there's a place called AZ Wilderness. It's downtown. Okay. And they have their own craft beers and wines and all that stuff. And then they have like a whole outdoor area where you can play cornhole and giant Jenga and stuff like that. I don't know why I would be doing that while the entire world is coming to an end, but, um, you know, (laughs) never a better time to play cornhole. Right. Okay. Cool stuff. So what do you, what are you going to get there? Um, okay. Mine's going to sound so much like healthier than Richie's, but I, I, there's, I'd probably get red wine and then, um, they have these really good cauliflower, um, like, chicken tenders but they're cauliflower and then they've got this like americana sauce that's like the die for and then you just dip it in there and that's probably what i would get there <laughs> all right if you want like healthy there's there's a place called the islands i don't know if they have them all around the country i think they have them in at least somewhere that would be like the place that i'm craving right now to go that right. i can't like just go in there but it's all like themed like you're in hawaii that's okay. where I would go if I wasn't choosing just an Arizona place, though. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, I'm fucking hungry. That that sounded amazing, um, all of your options there. Uh, so good for you guys. Um, moving on to the next question, though. Uh, you know, what about your town? And it could just be like an overall vibe or whatever. But, uh, you know, what about your town are you going to miss the most if it gets wiped off the earth? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a really good question. I don't know. I've oh never thought God. about it. Like, I don't know what I'm going to miss until it's gone type of thing. You know, it's like, it's like, I feel um, like go ahead, Corey. I, I feel like we wouldn't bitch about Scottsdale as much if Scottsdale was gone, <laughs> you know, like, because as much as like, and I work in Scottsdale, so I have to like, so that's part of the reason why I bitch about it. But like, 
I bitch about the people in Scottsdale a lot, but I do secret, secretly really enjoy Scottsdale because it's really nice to just be like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to like go to this Mexican place that I love to eat that has like five billion options and you can customize it in like any way you can dream of. And then nice. you go and get this like gelato that's like only like 100 calories because I don't know, they make it with magic. And like, <laughs> it's as much as... I would like to say that it, like, I get really annoyed by all the people in Scottsdale. They have very magical, rich things there. Um, so I would probably miss that. Um, I just don't want to admit it. Right. Okay. So it's like Scottsdale. You're going to miss Scottsdale, the place you love to hate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Richie, what about you, man? I don't, fuck, man. I, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I'm Corey will tell you, I'm usually not one to like be speechless very often. Oh, so I stumped like, you. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and you like holy yeah, what am I gonna miss? It's probably like Oh my gosh, probably like something because one of the things that's great about Arizona is the craft beer scene here is great. Okay. I did not a lot know of that. Local breweries that are del- yeah, that are delicious. It's like it's ever it's continually growing. So I'd probably miss that. Like some of our our local brews here, like um Four Peaks. It's called it's called Four Peaks. It's delicious. They have a lot of great ones. Sure. Um, okay. Santana is another one. Like there's a couple big ones. That's probably what I would miss the most. Like the, if you can tell, beer scene. I'm, I promise. I promise. I am not an alcoholic though. I promise. <laughs> Even though I yeah. bring it up, all, I brought it up about seven different times on this this show in the last half an hour hey um you know (laughs) this is not a podcast that is going to judge you on the alcohol consumption i mean we literally start the podcast off with us popping tabs of a beer so um it's actually a requirement i didn't i didn't want to like make you guys do it because you're our guests but if you guys come back on in the future you're going to be required to drink so you know if you're not already by now i didn't even ask (laughs) yeah I could have done basic I'm, bitch on you guys and gotten a white claw and brought it up here. It makes a nice little popping sound. Oh yeah, no, that's perfect. Well, yeah, that's 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 good shit right there. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna be. I mean, I'm just as basic as anyone else. I will partake in a white claw or even a truly um, occasionally. I don't know if that's gonna get me flamed on the internet, but but that's that's I'm cool with that. I know Polly. Polly has zero qualms about most alcohol, right, Polly? Yeah. Uh, if it's wet, I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so uh, I I was crushing my roommate the other day about this because she tweeted that she hates um, White Claw. And uh, and I looked at her. I gave her the worst look in the world because <laughs> I, I love me some White Claw, as Corey will tell you. Um, I think they're delicious. They're wonderful. And I got in an argument. Yeah, I got in an argument with, with my with my roommate who Corey's great friends with as well about it, and she was like, "Well, Smirnoff Ice is better," and I literally just walked out of the room. I Ew. was like, "No, I'm not. I am not." Well, there's a reason why fun. people are forced to chug it. There's a reason right. why people are forced to chug it. Is your roommate 16? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it, it's funny because you know those white claws are like a vodka soda that won't black you out after five. 
So for me, a person who's just a glutton and just like drinks all the time, you know, at a quick pace, you know, vodka sodas, I could do five in like two hours. So, you know, and that obviously spells disaster. Same time, so you don't feel like ass. I do the same thing. It's a magical moment. Right, it hydrates you. You get the citrus in there, so that your your uh, body can absorb the water. Yeah. Well, you last have question. Gone up so many rounds in my book after that. <laughs> good, good. Um, one one last question I do have, and we're gonna bring it. We're gonna close it with hockey because, after all, this is a hockey podcast. Um, you know, what's more likely? For the Arizona Coyotes, are you are the world ending in three years or are you winning a cup in that span of time? Well, I think history speaks for itself here. Corey mentioned that Phoenix Sports can't have nice things. Um, right. Phoenix Sports has been around since 1968 when <laughs> the Phoenix Suns first were established. So that's 50 years of sports history. We've had all four pro major sports here since 1998 all right and only one time in the 50-year history of this damn state (laughs) yeah but only only one time in the history of the state have we won a championship and that's the arizona diamondbacks in 2001 now the phoenix mercury WNBA team they've won three championships the arizona rattlers have won like 17 arena football league championships (laughs) okay but pro, when it comes to pro sports, we ain't, we ain't win shit. So <laughs> my I, my pick would be the world would end before any of our freaking teams here win a championship. <laughs> so that's even beyond the the Yotes. It's 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 even even just any sport. You're 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 ready to like bridge the gap to all sports. Wow, <laughs> they <Yep>. are jaded folks. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to go really, really dark here for a minute and say <laughs> the last time that Arizona had a national championship was uh-huh. after really horrible and traumatic events. Okay. Not saying that that's a good thing, but um, if what's going on right now is a pretty horrible and traumatic event, it could be the one thing that brings the tide to Arizona actually winning something. <laughs> You know what, Corey? I, I love the optimism. Um, that's perfect. So, so Richie, 100% jaded, definitely world ending before um, not only the Yotes, but any prof- or major professional sports team in Arizona wins a national championship. Corey's saying, you know what? Next year, look out for the Yotes. Yeah. I mean, 2001, 2020, 2021 season. Yeah. You know, the they're terrible, but they're also great for Arizona's <laughs> history. We can't have nice things. We can't have things without a shred of like death that kind of looms over them. <laughs> it's it's des you know, the winds are desolate, kind of like fi- finding an oasis in the desert, right? Yeah, it's like uh, you know, in the year when um everyone thinks, you know, the Yankees should win the World Series and they should be redeemed after 9-11. Um, the only time the Diamondbacks can win is that year. So, you know, <laughs> it can't, we can't have complete nice things. It, we can have partial nice things. Gotcha. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, 
Guys, this has been an awesome, eye-opening, really, um, interview for me and Polly. Um, let, let, let everybody know, you know, you know, plug, plug your social, let them know where to find you. Yeah. So you can follow our show, uh, on Twitter. It is at Corey with an I underscore Richie show. Uh, Instagram is Corey Richie show, no underscore. Um, and then, um, my, my personal Twitter account is at our Flores 91. Uh, I was tweeting about WrestleMania tonight cause I was watching that cause we don't have shit else. We don't have hockey <laughs> to talk about. We don't have anything else. I was fuck it. Let's watch WrestleMania. I haven't watched WWE in 20 years, but so if you, if you want me to, uh, tweet about WrestleMania, uh, look at, or go to my Twitter and read <laughs> my takes about WrestleMania, you can do that. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Corey? Um, I am Richie. I covered the other stuff, so I am on Twitter at at Corey Nicole with two E's. Um, I always say because some bitch took the handle with one E. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my name. I always forget that people automatically understand this. Is uh, my name is Corey C O R I, um, not Y, not E Y, not with a K. Um, and yes. <laughs> Corey is just my name. It's not Karina, not Corinne, nothing. Just Corey. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. It's not my name. It's Corey. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, guys. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. It was a great time. Um, you know, here's uh, – we wish you luck um, for, for the next couple of seasons. And, and, you know, I guess I'm hoping that you guys win a championship before the world ends. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) All right, guys. You take care. Stay healthy. All right, Caps fans. We really hope that you enjoyed that segment, Hockey Ocalypse, with Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores from the Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, it was really fun to record. I uh, hope you guys are liking this content uh, in lieu of actual hockey stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, we get into hockey a lot, I feel like. Um, right, Polly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I thought that interview did a good job of uh, intertwining hockey talk with whatever else – we could find to talk about because there's not much <laughs> hockey, but right. yeah, I, I think it was a great interview. If you guys enjoyed that, we were on, and if you haven't listened, we were on their podcast last week on the April 6th episode. Mm-hmm. So if, if you enjoyed that conversation and you haven't listened, just find their podcast on the hockey podcast network. And, um, well, you, I mean, it's just like ours. They have an individual feed. So if you just type in sporty with Corey and Richie's out, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, so you type that in and you'll find you can find last week's episode and hear them interviewing us. Right. And that was even more fun. So, you know, um we talk Tiger King. We talk we talk a bunch of stuff, but check them out, you know, Polly. We're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of uh interview ops here. Yeah, like we that. are. And it, it it's nice. That, that's one of the best things about um I I like the network because like for fans it's good because there's a podcast for every team, but for right. us as hosts, it's nice because we've got plenty of people 
to, you know, interact with. It's, it's easier for us to find content because we can all help each other out. And that's right. just, you know, it, the, the hockey podcast network is awesome. And I can't wait to see where it goes in the future because season one has been awesome. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I mean, obviously this hockey pause sucks, but I would have never been able to meet half of these hosts and, you know, uh, in today's episode of Offside by a Mile that we're also featured in, um, was it, uh, Tyler, right? Tyler was like, dude, I haven't met a bad host here. Yeah. So everyone's really knowledgeable. Everyone's really passionate. Um, everybody is super collaborative. I mean, I can't gas this shit up enough, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're not a, I mean, get in now, get in now, become a fan, become familiar with the hockey podcast network because, uh, I have a feeling this shit's going to blow up. I'm going to be completely honest. I think it's a great idea. And Ish and Dylan and Ed have all put in long hours to ensure that content gets released every week. And not only that, they're awesome hosts and, and great quality. So, you know, you know. If this, if this blows up and you're, you're listening since the beginning, you can be like those those assholes when something comes on the radio and they're like, I heard this song like 10 months ago before it was big. Yeah. I discovered them. Right. You know, so Get in now know. so that you can <laughs> say you knew us before we were fucking famous is really exactly. what it is. Exactly. Like, like, you can say you're an OG fan. Exactly. Right. And you can be like, uh, you know, I mean, you basically be the hipster of, of hockey content at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that's That's the perfect way to describe it <laughs> hockey hipster right right all right well paul you got anything else man no no i think it's time to wrap it up uh i hope that my my doppelganger over there doesn't creep you out and right. i hope i hope i hope you wake up to like poly cupcakes tapping you on the shoulder <laughs> poly cupcakes 2.0 beta right 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 um and what do we have next week? Who who did who did we interview? Uh, that should be we're doing that interview now. So that'll be uh, it's the Rangers, right? Yep, the Broadway Boys, Andy and James, uh, real cool dudes. I've been doing the um, hockey podcast network, Goonline Gaming, announcing Chell with Andy. He's the he's the play by play. I'm color, obviously. Um, so having him him on and and James who played hockey at a pretty high level that's going to be a great interview so tune in next week and uh can't wait to see you there in the meantime Caps fans stay safe stay healthy stay the fuck inside hey Caps fans thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast repping the greatest team in the NHL follow me the hockey troll at hockey trolling on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and follow me Polly Cupcakes on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.